Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Business. I am your host, Jill Thomas, and this show is about helping business owners create success faster and more easily than they thought possible. And I'm super excited about our guest this week. It's Manon Wogan. Manon Wogan is the self-publishing professional and book influencer. I love that title, book influencer. And as publishing operations manager for Arthur Imprints, Manon helps indie authors create and promote their books. In her free time, she reviews and discusses mystery books on Instagram, TikTok, and in her newsletter. And you guys should get her newsletter. You should, because it's great. The Clues Letter. So welcome, Manon. I'm so excited to have you. I really... I was really happy about having you as a guest because I've got all these things to ask and I know your information is going to be really valuable. So start off telling us what you do. I gave I gave a long description, but what do you, what does a day look like, right? <laughs> Thank you, Jill. Yeah, it's so great to be here and I love talking about books in all the forms and I don't often get asked about what I do for work. So this is very exciting <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, so every day is a little bit different when it comes to my work schedule, I think. It really depends on who I'm working with because it's all, you know, what our clients are in. And every client we have is in a different stage of publishing a book. So in one day I might be working on an ebook, I might be uh, doing a, a proofing of a print book, or I might be working on ISBNs or LCCNs or, you know, uploading a book for pre-order. Like I can't really predict what I'll be doing. I just know that it's it's going to be somewhere along the line of book production and book publishing that's what I look forward to doing every day. And lots and lots of words. Your life is words, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh Love my it. gosh, yes. <laughs> so one of the reasons I was so excited about having you on a show is a lot of people in the self-help world are using a book as a means of kind of, it's almost like a business card, mm -hmm. uh, a way to get people interested in their products and services. I've seen a lot of vitamin companies uh, start off as a book. Somebody has an idea for how to lose weight, and then they've also got a product line, and the book is kind of a, a lead magnet. And people ask me all the time about books because I, I did write three of them. I actually used your services. You know this. I've used your services three times for all of mm -hmm. my books, and I know how valuable it is because when I first published, telling everybody here, when I first published my book, I put it out there, and it was almost like that whole the field of dreams thing, if you put it out there, somebody will buy it. Absolutely mm -hmm. not true. <laughs> Absolutely not true. There's a million, well, there's way more than that. It's so many books on Amazon that if you don't get help with categories and keywords, nobody is ever going to find it, not even your mother. So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about some of the challenges that self-publishing authors are facing right now. We're going to talk about some of the other things too, but tell us about that. Well, I think a big thing right now with self-publishing is uh, it's easier than ever, but it's also harder than ever because the bar is getting higher for self-publishers and you can't really just go out there and publish a book like you used to. I mean, you can, but if you want to be successful, which a lot of authors do, there's a lot of prep work that has to go into it. And you have to, you have stiff competition because you have people who have kind of figured it out and know what they're doing and you have to be prepared to match what they're doing. And you're also competing with traditional publishers, which isn't, you know, they have a, a huge marketing budget and, 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 you know, your competition is stiff, but uh, I think self-publishers tend to be very self-motivated and very scrappy. So they are changing the publishing game quite a bit. And I mean, I'm, I'm trying to end this on a positive note. It's really possible to have a good time self-publishing, have a good experience and get a successful book. You just have to be really prepared and give yourself time to do that. 
I love that. And I know too, with a lot of the self-publishing projects and I've run across a few of them over the years, some of these covers are just so bad. It's like, mm-hmm. did you, did we really go to Fiverr and just pay $5 for a cover? Like, oh, mm-hmm. the five, the cover thing gets me. Cause I, I get my like ebook deal emails and I look through and I see you, you can spot the indie covers pretty quickly, I know, um, <laughs> but the good ones, the good ones, you can't tell. And that's what I pay attention to when I'm shopping for books, just as a user, like sometimes I can't, or as a reader, sometimes I can't tell, you know, who's publishing it. I have to really dig to find the publisher because they're just that good. So that's what I'm talking about. When you talk about stiff competition, some of those covers and some of the, you know, the book descriptions, they're so well done that you're like, wait a minute, is it a professional publisher doing this? No, it's just a really savvy author. I love that. I love hearing that because I, I, I have done, I have done the self-publishing route and I have done the traditional publishing route. And I can tell you that they both had goods and bads and uh, the self-published, the traditional publisher was annoying in a lot of ways, but it's mostly because I personally am a little bit of a control freak. And I didn't love the idea that somebody else get to pick the title, get to pick the cover, get to pick the release date. I wanted all of that. So tell us a little bit about the pros and the cons of self-publishing, um, or, you know, going the traditional route. I know there's something called the hybrid route, which I don't know as much about. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, That's the biggest mouthful, difference <laughs> in, yeah, I have to break this down. I'll start with the differences between self and tribe publishing. The biggest one is who's fronting the cost of publishing. So with trad, usually authors either get an advance against royalties or they just get royalties if it's a smaller press and the publisher fronts all the cost of the book production and supports you through the marketing process as well. So you don't have to pay them a cent. That's that's how you know a traditional publisher is an actual traditional publisher. They will not ask you for money to publish your book. Self-publishing, you are the one publishing and writing. So you have to be the one paying for the book production, paying for you know, layout, ebook design, um, all of those, th- marketing, all of those things that you may not even be thinking about. And so the cost is greater to you, but at the same time, you get a hundred percent of the royalties that you get from book sales. So if you do it right, if you are savvy enough to keep your costs low or to market your book really well, you could very easily make money self-publishing. Hybrid publishing is, has a bad reputation for good reasons (laughs) because (laughs) hybrid publishers tend to be really predatory. There's a lot of authors who you know, put their life's work into a book and they're really desperate to get it published. And a hybrid publisher might promise them things that they can't deliver on. So a hybrid publisher, I guess I should clarify this, but they will ask you for money to publish your book. And there's good ones out there. Absolutely. I think a really big one is She Writes Press. Um, That's one of the biggest, most successful hybrid publishers around. But there's some really, there's some smaller ones. There's some predatory ones that just focus on sales and they just want your money and I'm trying to tell people like really do your research before you pick a publisher if they're at, especially if they're asking you for money because you want to make sure that you're getting what you need to be getting out of that arrangement. You want that support throughout the publishing process. You don't just want to talk to a salesperson and then write a check. So be really careful when you're researching your publishing paths. I know self-publishing is daunting, but uh, just because you're afraid to self-publish doesn't mean that you should give your money to a, a publisher you haven't fully vetted. That's, I mean, that's true for anything. You don't want to you mm-hmm. give something that you care so much about to a, a stranger. Yeah. Um, and I, I can attest to the money. I mean, everything, <laughs> you know, I, I, my book, I had to pay for the cover. I had to pay for the back of the book 
you know, cause I don't really know how to write back of the book copy very well and layouts and everything. And I can show you that that does have a cost, but every time somebody buys it, I get a six and a quarter or something. Whereas before with my traditional published book, I think I got 95 cents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not giving, you know, everybody's numbers are going to be different based on their situation, mm-hmm. but I kind of like having the bigger number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, when you take into consideration that that's your book, like you own everything about it, the copyright, you did it all yourself. I mean, there's not only a pride thing there, but legally, like it's, it all belongs to you. So um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I obviously I'm very pro self-publishing, but do it right. And you'll have a really successful or hopefully positive experience. Yeah. And I, can I if I can throw in, I'm making this about me, but I, I just, I have a strong opinion <laughs> on this stuff because I, I've been yeah. through this. I would say for most people, paying attention to your own personality type. If you're a little bit of a control freak, then mm-hmm. you probably don't yeah. want somebody else touching that sucker because you don't know what kind of cover they're going to pick. You don't necessarily get a say. And you, do, I, I'm, yeah. my book was released on April 15th, which is tax day. And I was really upset because my publisher would not move it. Well, we always have the schedule. and this Yours, yours just happened to be on tax day. I'm like, please don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> But yeah, it, and it's yeah, it's just as much as a personality decision. Um, and I had another point that I wanted to make on that, but I can't think about it right now. It'll um, come up oh, later. Oh, I do remember. It's it's dependent on on your genre too. And so I think these kind of business or self help books that we're talking about specifically, they can do pretty well self publishing. And there's strong like strong arguments why you want to self publish that book. Um, but you know certain genres perform really well with indie publishing and and I would definitely take that into consideration. Well, that's an interesting point. So what kinds of books mm-hmm. do well with with a traditional publisher that don't seem to do as well with you know the DIY version? Uh, I would say just anecdotal just what I've noticed there's a lot of lit- literary fiction that gets tried published that's hard to do indie um Memoir is kind of hit or miss. Memoir is really big with indie publishers. And, and genre fiction can be kind of split. Like I'm, I have my mystery hat on right now, but uh, Cozy Mysteries, if you look at Cozy Mysteries, those do really well with self-publishing, but they also do really well with trad. So, you know, I, I would pay attention to, I, I think we'll talk about this, but if you do comp research, comparables research before you actually start like marketing your book and you want to see what else is out there, um, look at the publishers. That's like absolutely an important thing to do because that'll give you some information about what other people in your niche are doing. And maybe you can try to emulate that or just predict how successful you can be. That's a really good point. And I love that you bring that up. So if you're a cozy mystery writer, I'm assuming that you probably like them. So mm-hmm. grab a couple off your shelf and see who published them. Exactly. Or go on Amazon and um, Amazon. I, I use that all the time because you can go to a book page and you can see below it books that you might like that aren't sponsored. And there's also ads, so sponsored ads. And you can see in both of those little scrolling bars, books that are like yours, and then use those and just, you know, check the publishers. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So what can you say about the way the publishing business has changed in the last few years? You mentioned briefly about how um, it's a lot harder than it used to be to get your book noticed if it's self-published. Tell us a, a little bit about how it's it's shifted in the last few years and what you think it's where do you think it's kind of going? Well, 
the big question. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I've been working in self-publishing for five years and over those five years, maybe six, over those five or six years, I've I've noticed uh, the quality of books have, I think I said this, but the quality has increased greatly. Um, and also people's awareness of different publishing routes. There's a push, at least in my corner of the internet, to read indie books and to support indie authors because people are realizing how hard that can be. And um, I could say like socially, that's that's part of the publishing that's industry that's changed. And I also would say that self-publishing has really influenced um, traditional publishing. There's quite a few examples of indie books getting picked up by traditional publishers because they're just that popular. There's been like a proven track record of success. I would point out um, Le Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry, which is a cozy fantasy book that was indie and then it got picked up and it's huge. It got picked up because it kind of blew up on TikTok. Um, and same with like a bunch of romance books. Like, I mean, this is genre fiction. It's not really self-help, but if that's evidence to show that publishers are watching what indie authors are doing and they like taking on books that have a track record of selling. So that's been interesting to see. Um, and also just the lines I would say are getting more and more blurred between what an indie book is and what a trad book is. Because like I said, you can go to a, a, a traditionally published book or an indie book and you're like, I can't tell what, who published this. You know, is this a professional publishing house or is this somebody who just knows exactly what they're doing? Um, so it's been interesting to study just even just casually how books are presented on at least online retailers, because um, unlike an, a brick and mortar store, any book online can be self or self-published or traditionally published um, brick and mortar like bookstores are a little bit. <laughs> it's hard to get your indie book into a bookstore. But um, yeah, I've definitely seen the lines getting blurred between those two online. I can tell you how you get your book into a indie book into a bookstore. You walk it in yourself. Yeah, it's a lot of like <laughs> in-person marketing and like schmoozing with bookstore owners. Like it's Ooh, yeah, it, it's it's really hard to just you know expect that out of the blue. Right. And so that, that's a question that we get a lot. Is like, oh, I want to see my book in Barnes and Noble. Well, you know, you have to get to know the. Uh, you had to get to know the store and we actually had a client um she she wrote like a women's fiction or a romance book or something and and she got it into her local Barnes and Noble and she sent us a picture and I think it was Maya Angelou who was like right next to her on the shelf like she had a really good author like right next to her and it's just so cool to see that but that only happened because she's she had a relationship and she was you know able to get it that way but it's possible just you know you have to take good on to, her no i'm really happy i know for her. i did get I mine into a couple of, of local stores but it was that same situation it was i went in talked to the manager hey your people are going to like this i'm putting in a lot of effort okay mm -hmm. you know <laughs> mm -hmm. we'll take a couple and we'll see if it sells and if it doesn't they'll you know recycle bin is always a good thing mm -hmm. i love it <laughs> what do you think that authors should know about the publishing business that they that they really don't they have this idea for a mm -hmm. book they're pregnant with a book and they're like hey, i just have to go write it or, or what i always hear this is what i hear i bet you hear this a lot too the book's in my head i just have to sit down and write it down which i find hilarious because it's like now you have an <laughs> idea for a book not an actual book because an actual mm -hmm. book has words <laughs> mm -hmm. tell me about what you think authors getting started need to know 
Well, first of all, I love the idea that you're pregnant with the book because that's hilarious. <laughs> is it twins? Is it a series? Like what's right. going on with that? Triplets. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's two things here. The first thing is the writing component of writing the book, which, you know, you do have to get that done. And um, <laughs> that's going to take some time on your own. But the other thing, I would really pay attention to what successful publishers do. And what they do is they always look at current market trends. They try to predict future market trends and then they get and then they accept books to publish that fit what they think will be popular in the future. And publishers will the big ones publish like years out. Right. Like the, there's a long waiting time between when your manuscript gets accepted and to when the book's on the shelf. Yes. So I can relate to that and, one. <laughs> and that's very intentional because they want they they plan it out that way. And I get a lot of. Um, and it, so if you're sitting down and you're, you have a book idea, I would ask, I would, I would ask myself, okay, is this going to, is this, has this been popular in the past? Is there a precedent for this? Is it going to be popular in the future? And how can I position my book as something familiar to people, something enticing to people? And how can I anticipate their wants and needs? Because, uh, the last thing I want to hear from somebody is, oh, my book's unlike anything else that's ever been published. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like, I'm sure it's great, but if you can't sell your book to somebody by comparing it to other things or giving them an expectation about it and they're not going to want to read it. So you want your book to be at least somewhat similar to something that's already happened. And so if you're sitting down to write it, I would take that into consideration and I would take into consideration like what might be popular in the future, because you really want to be thinking about when it will launch and you want to give yourself a lot of time before that launch date to prepare all your little self-publishing uh, things. So what I'm hearing you say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm almost hearing you say you need to think a little bit about it from a marketing perspective before you really start putting too much energy into into a product that nobody wants. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, whether or not you do that while you're writing it is kind of you know, up to you. Um, there are a lot of indie authors who figured out about writing to market and there's certain tools that like Klytics, k-lytics.com and um, I think the URL is, but he puts out like these massive spreadsheets, paid spreadsheets that tell you what really specific categories on Amazon are hot right now, what are selling. So some people will go and they will buy reports like that. They will look at what's selling and they will literally write a book to fit that market. And um, that's one way of doing it. But on your own, I would just, if you have a book that you want to write the way that you want to write it, I would give yourself a lot of time before publication to begin marketing. Because the last thing you want to do is start marketing after the publication date. <laughs> Again, you want I know all about that mistake. <laughs> so listen to me on pretty, that. To yeah, Manon. it's pretty a, a common thing. I think authors just want to like get out of the gate running. But, um, you know, you spent so much time writing the book. Why wouldn't you spend just as much time ensuring its success? I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about marketing here in a second. I'm going to tell a really quick story about your this is a family run business by the way, um, mm -hmm. Manon is in charge of a whole lot of stuff. Her brother does the eBooks or the audio books, yeah. uh, Carter, and her dad does a lot of the marketing as well. And it was her father, your dad, David, that I worked with on one of my projects. And I remember him saying something at the time just made me so mad. And I was like, why is he telling me I have to fix my blog? He was so, so right. 
but he looked at my blog and he said, um, are you going to organize your blog? And I'm like, it is organized. It's a big, long list. You scroll up, you scroll down. He says, nobody can find anything on your blog, Jill, because you don't have any categories and you don't have any keywords. And I'm like, why are you looking at my blog? What does that have to do with my book? He was right, of course. And I was wrong, of course, because <laughs> it is all about marketing and the blog is writing, which is kind of a sample of what I do. And my, mm. my IT guy was a little mad because he made him redo everything. And honestly, suddenly my my blog, my website was ranking. Suddenly mm. people were finding my blog and signing up for it. I'm just saying marketing is a huge part of this. And I really want you to talk about the marketing that has to happen before you put the send button on the Amazon thing. Tell us about mm -hmm. that. Well, I think a common time frame is three months, but I would extend that to as long as you possibly need. Uh, marketing is a really, uh, it's a really big field. Like you can do so many things within that umbrella, especially for a book. The biggest thing that sells books. Oh God, there are three things um, in a recent report from Authors Guild, an author's income survey that there were three things that uh, authors cited as most effective marketing. One of those things was a mailing list. So setting up mailing, an email, like, like a mail mailing list, emailing like list? a new okay. email newsletter. Oh, okay. So having, you know, signing up for a free email newsletter service like MailerLite or MailChimp or maybe Substack if that's your thing. Um, having a a list of emails that gives you a really direct relationship with your readers and that, you know, once they sign up for your mailing list, you give them some sort of reader magnet or lead magnet, like you mentioned earlier. Um, and then you email them however often you feel comfortable emailing them. Um, you don't even have to sell your book constantly. It's just about being in constant contact with your uh, most dedicated core group of readers. So a mailing list is is really crucial. And I would set that up um, before you think about publishing, you may not even have a pub date or even a cover, but all you need to do is gather the emails of people close to you, put them on an email list, and then send out that initial email blast saying, unsubscribe if you want, but I put you here. Always give them the, uh, the option to unsubscribe, which is like common email courtesy. And then have that linked on your website so people can sign up, put it in the back of your ebook, say sign up for my mailing list and get a free copy of whatever you're giving away. Um, that's just, you know, an umbrella look at email marketing. There's a lot of like email list for authors resources out there. Um, another thing, once you have your book out into the world would be like um, price drop promotions e where you put your ebook on sale for a period of time and you promote it in um various like promo site services. I'm trying to think of the third one, but it, but I guess we were talking specifically about pre-publication, but the mailing list is a big one. I would say if you're comfortable with social media, you can set that up just to have a presence there. I wouldn't really focus too hard on that if that's not your thing. Um, and then, like I mentioned, like building in your genre expectations into the publication of your book. So looking at your comp covers, what other covers look like, what other titles look like even, what other subject matter looks like. So you you kind of create a book that self-markets in its own way. I love that. That's a really good way of putting it. Uh, tell us about, you know, as I know this technology changes every five minutes. In fact, by the time I get this like uploaded to the internet, it might be 
be uh, dated even. But as of right at this moment, which is we're in November of 2023, what is the social media platform that you think is the most valuable for authors? I'm going to give you like a school teacher response here. Yes, please. (laughs) Any, the best social media platform for an author is the one that they will use the most. And I hate to be like a egalitarian about that, but really it's like, if you don't like Instagram or if you don't like TikTok, which a lot of people would not thrive on TikTok, like why would you invest your time there? I know for a lot of your audience would probably be a very LinkedIn heavy place. Um, if you're, if your business or even self-help focused, LinkedIn is pretty popular for that. I would say for me personally, I see a lot of, I follow a lot of authors on Instagram. That seems to be a really popular space for authors. It's pretty user-friendly compared to something like TikTok. Um, but I should mention TikTok just because a lot of authors have this idea in their mind that they need to be on TikTok because book, like, because book talk is like the place to target for marketing. You don't need to be there. <laughs> you really don't. If you don't like making videos, uh, like short video content, like being on camera is really hard. And if that's not your thing, like don't pressure yourself into doing it. What I would recommend though, if you are curious about these spaces is to make an account, maybe set it up with your like bio and profile picture if you want, and just follow a bunch of book people make sure your algorithm gets into the book zone and then just see what people are talking about because just infiltrate the the enemy camp there and just see what's getting talked about because that gives you a lot of insight onto what people are talking about online and what is actually selling these books because otherwise you're just going to be thinking about book talk as this like mystical place. I would just get out there and see what people are actually doing um, if you're curious. I love that. At the end of the day, doesn't the best advice always end up being the most practical? The one yeah. that you're actually going to do is the one you yeah. should be doing. Because <laughs> like, there's nothing worse than setting up an account and then never going back to it because it's like intimidating to you or whatever. But um, I mean, get by all means, like get out of your comfort zone and, and try something new. Like I'm not trying to discourage you from that, but, um, you know, don't feel pressure to do something because everybody else is doing it. Love it. So I want to talk about something a little controversial, which everybody is talking about right now. How do you feel about uh, using the use of AI in, Mm. I know that we could talk about this all day, but kind of, I don't know, as much as you're willing to say on this issue, because it's people are really like very pro AI and people are really Mm. anti AI. Tell me what your take is on this. Well, I'm a, I'm a middle of the road AI kind of person. I'm, I hope this doesn't need to be said, but don't use AI to write your book. I really? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I'm just going to say that right out the gate. But AI can be really useful for certain aspects of book publishing. Uh, a lot of I, I've seen like ChatGPT used for comp research. Like you go into ChatGPT and you can ask it, give me 10 books published within the last five years on the these subjects. And it'll give you a list of books. And that might even help you work on like your your book positioning and your comp research i mean like there's ways to use it that isn't like creative infringement and it's really good for bouncing ideas off of as well like i would ask it like genuine questions about a book or like point me in the right direction for these resources you know just as long as you're not asking it to create something that you are going to use and as long as you uh fact check everything that it gives you because you don't know where it's pulling from. 
like there are ethical ways to use AI to support your book publishing and your book writing. And there are unethical ways to use it to, you know, create something that it's not meant to create. But I, I think AI can be a really valuable tool if you use it the right way. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, obviously in any industry and everything, there's always a, a, an ethical way of doing everything and an unethical way of doing everything. Mm -hmm. And some people manage to do both in the same sentence. <laughs> I love that. I actually have some colleagues who are using, who told me I should use chat GPT to write like grabby book uh, blog titles. Mm, yeah. Like, um, I never thought of that. If you can ask it for other blogs on that are already published. And then you can ask it to kind of generate some keywords for blog titles. Um, I had it right. This was actually in the Notion, Notion.io, which is like a, a different program. But I had Notion write a, uh, the Notion AI write a book description for me, and it was incredible. It was like, really? yeah. And so if you have trouble writing back cover text, see what it can do, and um, you know, don't use that word for word. But it has a because it scans the internet for all these other book descriptions, like it, it can create that like really snappy marketing copy that works really well for books. So, I mean, that's another example of just seeing what it will give you and then working with that as maybe a, a more solid starting point if you're not comfortable with writing from scratch. I like that. That's a great, that's great advice. I did, I had to pay somebody to write the back of my book. It was, it's great. It's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard really hard. I mean, if, unless, you know, unless you have a Don, Don Draper mindset, the mindset that writes 70,000 word book is not necessarily the one that can write a 120 word mm -hmm. description of for it. So, so I like different, that. Different things entirely. Yeah, for sure. What, um, what is the most difficult thing that, what's the most difficult thing about publishing a book that I think most that you think most authors are not aware of? Oh my gosh. Uh, I know cost is a factor for sure for the self-publishing. Cost, cost is a factor. You you do, you will spend some money. Um, the, the time frame that I mentioned is a huge factor. I think a lot of authors aren't aware of, like just because you can upload an ebook to Amazon in like one day and have it be up like, within 72 hours doesn't mean that you want to do that you know pl strategically plan your release date and put it in the future to give you that that marketing buffer to to do all your email marketing whatever you're deciding to do and i think those are the two big ones i mean you really have to think about like you have like you said you have your 70,000 word writer hat on you have to take that off and put on your little publisher hat and and get strategic about it because it is a different way of thinking and you have to see your book a little bit more objectively and you have to position it like a publisher would. And it can be really hard to do that. And I think a lot of authors are not prepared to do that. And a lot of authors are maybe feeling a little introverted. Maybe you're used to just being alone, writing on your computer, and you're not used to putting yourself out there in a, in a marketing kind of way. Um, and I, I would be I think my biggest advice is to just be really intentional with what you do to publish. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, you talked about the costs. I don't, I don't even know if you can give an answer like this, but you have any sense of how much it costs to self-publish a book? I mean, I know how much I spent, but how many, how much do you have any sense of how much I could tell you to the penny how much I spent, but we'll not go there. 
actually well the the hard part is is there's so many ways to self-publish i mean you can pay an a, a company like author imprints to do we manage it all for you or Love you could do it piecemeal on your own and you go out and you find somebody to make your cover you find somebody else to do the interior or you buy a program to do the interior yourself um you get an ebook program or you get um you maybe pay for resources to help you learn how to market or you know or you buy your own ISBNs, which is going to be an additional cost. So I I think the range is pretty extreme um, with what you want to do. And it's also going to depend on what kind of book you have. Because your book, if I remember, has a lot of headings and mm-hmm. some like bullets and like formatting. Um, a lot of books have images, especially if you're doing like a nonfiction. But if you're just writing like a memoir or a novel or something, those are going to be a lot easier and cheaper. I would say that the biggest cost that I can think of is going to be your copy editing, paying somebody to edit your book, which is an absolute must, in my opinion, because <laughs> yes. editing not only makes Absolutely. the book better, but it makes you a better writer. Um, if you have a good copy editor, they will give you like the best feedback. It is so enlightening to get uh, copy, to get your work edited like that. But I mean, that could be easily a few thousand dollars, depending on the length of your book and I can tell you if you want if you want to put your best book foot forward uh, a good edited book is a must um, and that's just for copy editing like if you want to do a developmental edit which is more about structure and content of your book that's going to be a, you know an additional charge so I honestly can't give you a, a, st- a straight number that that uh, you know will effectively encompass like all different kinds of that, that is fair. I, I realized I was saying, hey, write me a blank check. How much would that be? Yeah, I, I can tell you, um, especially with the copy editing, I, how many times I, I can't. I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but there was a couple of times where yeah, there was a lot of times where she, in the notes in the side where she was read. This just doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or, or there was a couple of times where this isn't this is I, I Googled this and the fact you listed is not true. That's a good editor. Like a good editor will actually do a little bit of that fact checking or um, even like a sensitivity read. Like they say like, hey, this is probably not the nicest thing to say here. And it, it really does make you a better editor. It's so humbling because it's like sometimes yes, they write a is. note that's like, what do you mean here? And you're like, I actually don't know. I, don't know. I wrote that in like six months ago. I don't remember yeah. what I meant. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's a great investment honestly, because it's Highly more than about your book. Yeah, I know everybody thinks that, yeah, I will say for myself, everybody thinks, oh, you know, it, it's, I, it sounds right. I read it. It sounds right. But then you realize that when somebody else reads it, your mind has swapped those words. Like maybe mm-hmm. you put one word in front of the other. And when you read it back, it, you, your mind switches it the way it's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. an editor will just make that little correction for you. So highly recommend that. Please guys do that. And yeah. And please don't put your dog on your cover. Like, <laughs> Wait, how many self-published books I've seen where people put their dog or their cat on the cover? Is that is that one you run across a lot? What do you, what do you think? Actually, um, that's a good question. What have you run across that you went, oh, please don't? Oh, you know what people do with, with self-published covers? I, I want you to look at all the fonts that you're using mm-hmm. and, and take like one of them out. Because I've seen so many covers that have a lot of fonts on them. And with fonts, you want them to be clear and really, really highly readable especially if you're indie because a lot of most indie books are sold online and so you're only getting like the tiniest little picture of the book um and you see that from 
on your computer screen from a distance and you want it to be clear and legible. So any sort of graphic or text that you have on there, you want that to be as clear as possible. And from a design perspective, like there's some fonts that just don't work for it. So make sure your name is big enough. That's another thing that I see a lot. I think authors are afraid to make their name big on a book, but I mean, you wrote the dang thing. You don't have to put it like James Patterson big, but well, he does put it, make it big. <laughs> yeah. His is like half the cover. Half but, the cover. Um, you don't need to do that, but just make it like, don't put it eensy weensy at the bottom. Give yourself some credit. So I love yeah. that. Le- That's clear and legible covers are really important. I love that. That's so such great practical advice because you, you, you know, we're not at Barnes and Noble buying a book most of the time. Mm-hmm. We're on Amazon and a lot of times we're looking on our phone, right? And how, I don't know mm-hmm. about your screen, my phone is not that big. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. So what are the final bits of wisdom you would have to share? Like anything that you're, you think people should know that I didn't think to ask you about, what would you want to share? Oh man, I should have prepared for this question. <laughs> I Wait, covered a lot of it. I, I get the, the, the timing is like, I can't drill that down more and like give yourself enough time to publish. Um, and also acknowledge that it's a really hard thing that you're trying to do. And there is a very good chance you're not going to get it right the first time around. Um, oh, the other, I should mention this because we talked a little bit about protecting your work or maybe owning your work. The one thing that a self-publisher should do is buy and own their own ISBNs. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an option if you are self-publishing to get a free ISBN from either Amazon or Ingram Spark or what other, whatever kind of print-on-demand service that you're using. Uh, <laughs> if you use that ISBN, that company that you get it from is the publisher. Like they, that's tricky. You know, and so you want to own your own ISBNs. You can get, I think it's two forty nine or something for ten ISBNs from Bowker, and it's like the number one way to protect protect your writing investment. And then you have enough ISBNs for if you want to do uh, another book or two. And you can use one ISBN for the print book, and then any format like ebook, hardcover, audiobook, like you're covered. So that's a that's a huge tip. Don't get don't get. Uh, don't get enticed by that free ISBN. Love it. Yes, that's such a, what is the old saying? There's an old saying in software engineering. It's probably not an old saying. If the product is free, you are the product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, there was one thing I wanted to ask you guys. How do you, how do you work with your clients? Is it in person, virtual, mm. little both? Tell me how that works. Uh, almost always b- virtual. Uh, we, our clients are all over the world. Like we've had international clients and, you know, domestic and um, very, very rarely do we get somebody in the San Diego area where we are based. If we do get somebody there, we, sometimes we meet them for coffee. It's like, cause you know, it's local. Why not? You're local. Do, yeah. yeah. It's very rare for us to have that. Or maybe we'll get in, invited to a book launch. That's happened a few times and that's always exciting, but mostly virtual and it works pretty and we've been doing this like since pre-covid so we have our little system down and in a way now it's easier than ever because people are more used to doing virtual business but yeah you mean all of the authors in the world do not live in carlsbad california (laughs) imagine (laughs) imagine that love it love it love it love it uh, so how can somebody find you i'm going to link everything i'll put all the links in the in the description um but if you mm-hmm. want to tell people how they can find you, because you've given a lot of valuable information and, and we could certainly talk about this all day, mm-hmm. actually for like a couple of weeks 
and still just scratch the surface, but how can people reach you if they want to talk about your services? Um, sure. So our website is authorimprints.com. I-M-P-R-I-N-T-S, imprints, like a publishing imprint. And we have our contact information there. And then um, we also have a learning center. So I think that's at the top of the page. It says learning center or authorimprints.com slash learn. And we have a ton of blog post articles that will help you self-publish. We also have a newsletter called Author Pro, which you can go to authorimprints.com slash join and join our newsletter, which is for professional self-publishers. And then me personally, if you really like mystery books and you want to like, you should get a newsletter. Those. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, yeah, I'm not into I've... mystery books, but I think it was, I read it. I read it because it's really interesting. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I like to do that. And some of it's like really fun and light. And sometimes I do a little bit of a deeper dive into like publishing topics, which is fun for me. But yeah, so you can do that at uh, cluesletter.com, which redirects you to my website or follow me on Instagram at mystery Manon or TikTok at mystery Manon. Cause I have like a link in my bio that has like all of my links in there. I think you guys are great. And I think if you're serious about using your book as like a, a tool, cause I, I, I've, I've not, it's not a secret. I use my book as a way of getting on podcasts like this, although I'm hosting this one, I'm on a lot <laughs> of them. And a lot of times people hear me talk about one of my books, I've got three of them, and then they don't necessarily even buy the book. They might just go to my website and, and use my services. And that's how I and most authors that I know actually make money isn't from selling copies of the book. It's from the services that they get mm -hmm. as a result yeah. of using the book. And so making sure that product is something that is enticing, that's interesting. And if, 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 only, if people only ever buy my book, I'm happy for them. I'm glad to give that all that information. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really valuable to see how many of them come and become customers? Would you say that's the experience that a lot of authors you work with have? Yeah. And I can even tell you with my dad's books, that's the oh, experience. That's what he I has a whole series books of books. Amazing. Yeah. So he, I should have mentioned that, but he has a series called Countdown to Book Launch. Um, and they're, if you look up David Wogan on Amazon, you'll see all his books, but they're really excellent books on publishing and registering your book and all these like nitty gritty publishing details. But yeah, we've had that experience where people read those and then they realize, oh my gosh, I think I need a little bit of help with this. And they come to us and they, you know, ask for help. But, you know, even if it's just you write a book and you put it in your author, your bio on your website, or if you meant like name drop that in conversation, um, that adds a lot of legitimacy to what you do because you're like, oh, I'm an expert and I've invested in a book with my expertise. It. Yeah. No matter what I do in life, I am always going to be Jill Thomas, author of these books. I'm not going to yeah. list them all. You're welcome to go to my <laughs> website to check them out. But, but no, you know, that's one accomplishment nobody's ever going to take away from me. So I, I love that. I want to say too about your dad's books, Countdown to Book Launch. Oh yeah. I literally had like Kindle open and I was going through the steps, step-by-step step, to register my book um, with the Library of Congress which yeah. I thought was was going to be super easy, but of course it's you know anybody who's been to the DMV because the government <laughs> does not make things easy. So I was I was using it and it was cheap. I want to say it was like it was I want to say it was like three bucks or something, not even that. Like on the Kindle, I hope mm. it, maybe it's more than that. I don't remember. But it yeah, was so inexpensive. I don't, I don't know yeah. why everybody doesn't do it. So I I mean yeah, they're great books. You should everybody you. should get those if you're in the process of publishing because I, I think they were really helpful and it's like very practical step-by-step -step advice. So I find mm -hmm. that really helpful. Thank you, Manon. You're awesome. Thank you, Jill. Oh. You're awesome. Yeah, this was really great. Stick around. But 
Everybody, thank you so much for watching. I really hope you got something valuable out of it. Please contact her or go to their website because they're free resources and there's a lot of them. I use them all the time, yes. even now, even now. So they have a lot of great stuff for you. And I really believe firmly in my heart of hearts that this is the age of the entrepreneur. I want everybody to start a business so that they can use it as a side hustle or maybe it's their main hustle, but you're going to be much more financially stable if you start your own thing. And more importantly, I really want you guys to have fun doing it. So thank you so much. Thanks for sticking around. I hope this was helpful. Bye everyone. See you guys next time. Bye. Thank you.